Hello, and welcome to Apply the Word, a podcast of Redeemer Church of Lake Nona, where we take the messages from the previous week and discuss them in terms of their application, both corporately and individually. Today, we're going to be talking about a message that I, your host, Joey Phillips, uh, gave yesterday on December 2nd, I believe it was the 2nd, not the 3rd, and um, then we'll be jumping into the application. So I'm going to summarize the message for you in case you didn't hear it. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about the application. I'm joined today by Benny Phillips, our pastor at Redeemer Church, and my brother Josh Phillips, who the message was about. So basically what I... <laughs> and who didn't hear the message, so I'm actually excited about this yeah. podcast and this summary that's about to come. The, um, the message was, was called Loyalty at the Cave of Adullam. It was from 2 Samuel 23... Uh, where the lists of the accomplishments of the mighty men of David happens. And I took the story of Josheb, Eleazar, and Shema, where they um, basically, David longingly asks for some water, and particularly the water from the well at Bethlehem, which sadly was surrounded by a garrison of Philistines. And so he's in a cave, uh, hiding from the Philistines, and probably saw also at that point. But these three mighty men say he asked for some water, and they go and they take the garrison by surprise, grab some water, and bring it back to David. David's response is to uh, realize he was not worthy of this action, and he pours out the water. So that's the story um, that the message was, was from, and I really highlighted the loyalty aspect of the story. Um, here are three guys who heard their king say, I want some water. And they said, we're going to make a point to make that happen for him. And there was leadership involved in that, in my opinion. Um, these are the first three guys listed on the list of the three mighty men. And it lists their um, most outrageous accomplishments first, like this guy killed 800 and this guy killed 300 by himself and things like that. And then before getting to the other guys, um, they got a text message, and, <laughs> and it was from David saying he needed water. So, um, No, before they uh, go to the rest of the mighty men, before the list of the rest of the mighty men happens, it tells this little story. And in comparison to a lot of the other stories of the mighty men, this one's not as insane in terms of you can actually see how three very accomplished warriors could at night take a little garrison by surprise, break through, grab some water, and break out. Um, and that's what they did. But the story is there to demonstrate that these guys were making a point. This is our king. We are going to get him what he wants. And the leadership involved in that and the loyalty involved in that. And then the story is also told because of David's response. David's response to it was, um, how would I be worthy of this act? And so he pours out the water, and then it ends with these things the three mighty men did. The loyalty demonstrated by them is one of the main points of the story. So I talk about that and discussed what loyalty is, how it's defined. Um, and then the second point was the target of our loyalty, where I talked about the fact that God and his word should is the only thing that we give full, unbridled loyalty to in the sense that there's no way, every other thing, loyalty can veer into idolatry. 
um, if we don't practice wisdom. God himself and his word are the only things where that cannot happen and, and where we can give complete and unbridled loyalty. That was part of the second. There was more to, and we'll get in the next segment more to what I was talking about in, in part two. And then I ended with the importance of loyalty, mainly by discussing what happens when loyalty is absent. Using the life of David as an example, he had, uh, there's several examples in his life of what loyalty looks like, whether it was Jonathan, um, which Jonathan's a great example of someone who you would have thought had divided loyalties that would have caused a problem, but he exercised loyalty both towards David and towards his father. So there's Jonathan, there's the mighty man, and then there's Nathan who demonstrated loyalty by confronting David. And then after David, you see the problems when there is no loyalty because as the generation of his uh, offspring follow, they had no loyalty to each other, to Israel or to God, and it led to division Uh, the split of Israel, and eventually captivity. The church in uh, the New Testament is regularly uh, encouraged to avoid slander, gossip, malicious speech, and these things because that kind of disloyalty breeds division and harm for the church. Um, And then I talked about the absence of loyalty in marriage. Like We can see um, the importance of loyalty through what happens when it is not there. So... (laughs) That's a summary of the message. Um, Dad, what were your thoughts? Yeah, the, the backstory uh, we've been talking about is David's training of these men at the Cave of Adullam when they were a discontent bunch. And to see that this is one of the stories that comes out of that training really uh, does speak highly of David's ability to attract loyalty and to really... Uh, inspire these men in their training. So yeah. that, that the backstory is really uh, very important as well. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the story, um, the message yesterday really did define loyalty in a way that was very relatable. And I think we'll see that as we continue our conversations later. But it just, it really did speak to some of the issues that I think we face um, in, in the church today of People really not understanding what loyalty is and confusing uh, loyalty with blind loyalty and that people think that well to be loyal means to be loyal to a fault rather than to understand that loyalty really needs to be exercised in wisdom right and so I think that um, really is the strength of the message and look forward to talking a little bit more about how uh, that played out in your discussion yesterday and then things we can learn from it from here forward. One of the ways or one of the things I highlighted about loyalty and the definition of it is this idea of allegiance. Loyalty is um, is an allegiance to someone or some institution and that allegiance binds us together with it. And I brought in a couple of verses from Colossians where Paul highlights the fact that love binds us together or knits us together. And that loyalty is how that bond is really expressed. Um, so that's that's an essential part of the, the definition. And when you think of it that way, it becomes um, easy to see acts of loyalty versus acts of disloyalty. Right. Right. And one of the strengths in each section was 
how you brought the gospel to bear on each of those points, whether you're talking about the beauty, beauty of loyalty, the target of loyalty, the importance of it, all of them had a gospel connection that really helped us to see that this topic really is an important one and, and that this story really is a crucial example of this kind of extreme, uh, talented group of men who knew how to discern loyalty from blind loyalty. And this exercise really does demonstrate uh, <clears throat> what loyalty is to look like even though the recipient uh, is unworthy of that loyalty. Their, their obedience to the Word of God, the connection you made to the Word of Samuel, their connection to the Word of God and their commitment to the Word of God is what they were loyal to, not just to the person David. Right. They were loyal to David because they were loyal to uh, the Word that had come from Samuel. Right. One of the, the um, I don't know, saddest things about this story is when you read it um, thinking of, you know, this king who was unworthy asking for this drink of water and these men doing this. And then when you think of Jesus asking for a drink of water on the cross and none of his men are there to do anything about it. Right. Like there's this beautiful picture of loyalty um, demonstrated at the cave of Adullam and then on the cross this the, the exact opposite there's and the picture that is of all of man's disloyalty and rebellion against god um is just one of the one of the more devastating pictures right. uh that you could paint and here are two examples one of this extreme beautiful loyalty that what what man can accomplish when they're obeying the word of god right. and then this sickening disloyalty when men are doing what their natures uh, are inclined to do, right. and that is be disobedient, turn, and run. All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how if you're actually loyal to a church, you'll only play drums at that church and not at other churches, <laughs> um, which is my main point of application with the, with the message. So we'll be right back. <laughs> So we're back and we're going to discuss a little bit about some uh, corporate as well as individual application um, with this topic of loyalty. And one of the things that I wasn't able to get into as much as I uh, would have wanted to is this idea of loyalty as either blind support, which it's not, or just completely loose affiliation that people mistake for loyalty. It seems like it can go uh, both ways. But I think the, at least the more obvious problem, um, the one that's more out there, is this tendency uh, for us to just be blindly loyal to something and, uh, and not allow for critical um, discussion of that thing or, or not to be critical ourselves of something. I did make the point in the message that the more... I'm aligned with something, the more I care about it, and therefore 
I'm going to be critical of it at times. It seems like, for instance, in politics, if I'm critical of my particular party, that would make sense. Like, to me, as a member of the Republican Party, my my um, energy is going to be trying to make the Republican Party better, not the Democratic Party. And so uh, because I'm aligned with it and so I'm going to be critical of it, I'm going to want to make it better. Um, that doesn't seem to be understood very well. People are, um, they just fall into this sort of tribalism of, no, it's the, I'm on this team. It's almost like everything is taken on the sports thing. In sports, it's funny. It's fine. You, you I'm a Redskins fan, and so I trash Cowboys fans. That's right. whatever. Like, that makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me on things that actually matter, whether it's um, politics, church, even my friends. Like, I'm going to, I care more about my friends I'm going to be more critical of of them when they're doing something I think is detrimental to themselves or others than I am random person over here who I don't care about. Right. Um, but that seems a little bit lost in our culture because of this tribalism. If if you're with me, then you're not going to critique me. What? Where did that come from, or has that always been the case? And it, there's the problem I think that people run into is that when they start criticizing, it's not out of loyalty it's out of complaint it's out of kind of this selfish desire to get what they want particularly when you're thinking about an institution or a political party right or right whatever. and so when people typically when people start complaining about a church it's because they are seeing the lack and feeling like well i cannot continue to be loyal as long as there is this lack rather than a desire to see it improve. And so it becomes a difficult thing to, to, for people to navigate. And so they, they just you know, say, well, this isn't worthy of my loyalty. And then they move on or whatever, rather than the few that stick with it and then have an opportunity to make it better by their observations. So why do, we, why do you think there's this, there are certain arenas where it seems like um, blind loyalty sort of taken hold. Like you don't see, at least not on, maybe this is not true, but based on my observation, I see people um, leave churches or leave even friendships at times for reasons that I think are way too light. Right. But then there's some things in institutions where it doesn't matter what happens. The people are going to support it blindly no matter what. Right. Because right. what is that? Just because they identify with that thing more? Well, yeah, it's, it's because it, it has a uh, sense of personal, it gives them a sense of personal worth. And so when their worth or their uh, self-image or whatever you'd want to call it is so wrapped up in the thing that they're, involved in then when it's criticized they feel they're being criticized and so you criticize my church well you're criticizing me or you you know and they and, and but that's true in a so in my perspective would be that that's somewhat true but that that should cause not the reaction of i'm gonna fight you but oh, okay let me consider this, let me deal with this. Because I think if my allegiance is to the, my particular local church, if my particular local church is criticized, right. that is a criticism of me, 
but that means I need to evaluate that and I need right. to do something about that. Not how dare you right. go well, away to be able to say, okay, well then I must not be doing what I need to be doing to make this not so. Right. And, and that would be the proper way to respond to it. But again, people th- or to, or to evaluate the criticism and determine that's an unrealistic that's expectation right. or there's others, you know, right. other reasons why this right. person's making that criticism other than there's actually something we can do about it. Things like that. Like there, the criticism should receive critical evaluation right. from me. And the fact that I'm a, like, I feel an allegiance to this should be the reason why I'm doing that. Whereas if I didn't, then I wouldn't care about the criticism. Well, and the other, I mean, the bigger problem is people not understanding loyalty and, looking at church from a consumer mentality of what it's going to give me right and yeah, yeah. you know and then that there's no loyalty in that because there's no consumer loyalty i think the the question that comes to my mind you kind of brought up politics a second before <clears throat> excuse me but i know for myself i feel like over the last few years the finding that line between loyalty and humility when it comes to considering other perspectives and others opinions on things and i i just it this discussion makes me wonder um how do we find that line and from saying okay i'm loyal towards something but now i'm discovering that maybe what i was loyal towards is no longer worthy of my loyalty so now i'm trying to have an open mind and consider other perspectives so where is that line between loyalty and humbly trying to um, understand things and, and consider other right. perspectives? Yeah, great well, question. Joy, you should address this because I think yesterday you did a great job of setting up, you know, what is the most important things to be loyal to and what is the basis of that loyalty? So I want you... The one thing I said was because I was talking about our loyalty has a primary target, which is God and his word. And then that sort of gives us our other priorities. Um, You can sometimes think of loyalty as like, we've got a quotient when we can give this much of it here and this much of it here. And that's not really how loyalty should work. It's loyalty has targets and applications. It doesn't have amounts. And so we are primarily called to be loyal to God and his word. And then that sets the other loyalties, the church being another one of the primary ones. We are called, Scripture does say, to be loyal to our country, for instance. Honor the emperor, pay your taxes, obey the governing authorities. Like, there's scriptures that provide direction for we should be giving loyalty to our country. But not the level of loyalty we would give to our church. Certainly not the level of loyalty that we would give to the word of God, but it's not as though these things are in contradiction to each other unless one of the lesser loyalties makes it so. The government can reach a point where it is requiring of us to break our loyalty to the word of God, and then that's when we know, no, absolutely not, I've got a primary loyalty. But if that's not happening, it's not as though we nope, I can't give loyalty to my country because it's all being used up by the word of God. No, it's it's not a quotient that's got to be filled. So, And not living up to it with the country because of the conflict with the word of God is not disloyalty to the country. 
Exactly. It's not as though, and and one of the the example I used because it was recently talked about by uh, Kevin DeYoung. He tweeted about not making your family an idol, and because he tweeted it, everyone lost their minds because it's the internet. <laughs> so then he wrote an article saying, "No, actually, this is very obvious. Um, why are people? Why is there backlash to this? Where he like draws it out? The family is vastly important, but it's not ultimate. Right. So it you're." Loyalty to family can veer into idolatry, absolutely. Loyalty to a particular political party can veer into idolatry. That's the problem. It's not as though if we are evaluating anything critically, whether it's our church or political party or sports team, because we deal with this as Redskins fans. First of all, should they be called the Redskins? Like, At what point do we say... We're we're not loyal enough to the team to deal with this, and right. they, they're providing many many opportunities for us to say, now I am not going to be loyal to this team anymore, but not because of what I would say is disloyalty on our part, but because if you are evaluating a person or institution, and they're requiring of you something you can't give, then you're obligated by the word of God uh, to leave. Now. For me, when it comes to politics, the loyalty is based on platforms that I can more align with than others. And with the full eyes wide open recognition that there's a lot of corrupt people involved in this and all these things. So I haven't had sort of a crisis of how much loyalty do I give to this party because I'm already viewing it very critically and and all that sort of thing. But that that is happening to folks. But if you think about it in terms of a quotient, that, that'll lead to problems. But if you think about it in terms of, no, I've got my primary loyalty, and then I've got these secondary loyalties. By the time you get to a political party, it's low enough down that we should easily be able to, to view it critically. Well, and taking it more into the kind of everyday, one of the ways it's worked out that you mentioned in the message is that, you know, the the... Uh, parent who does not take their talented soccer playing son to his game on Sunday because they're going to go to the meeting is not being disloyal to the son. They're exp- they're expressing a proper loyalty to the Word of God that this is where the Word of God would tell us to be on Sunday, not on the field playing. And so therefore, we love you enough to show you that this is the right way to live and to be there. Now, I understand that I'm a pastor speaking and that it's not sin to go play soccer on Sunday morning unless you're doing it all the time. Right. Because then you are demonstrating a loyalty and perhaps even an idolatry toward the sports field or maybe even the kid's talent versus an understanding that, no, what's most important for this kid is his Uh, character development, his coming to know Christ. I really appreciate that explanation because it frees me to uh, not feel condemned when you guys give me a hard time about being loyal to worshiping the Lord and playing drums for a (laughs) church that needs a drummer, even though it's not my local church. So thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you heard that all wrong. Uh, Somehow you got that exactly backwards. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with (laughs) either uh, the same series we've been in as a church or a new one. It just depends on whatever dad wants to do uh, this week. All right.